critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent film. And now, here is your host, Ben Gordon. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. What? Wouldn't you like to get away? Welcome to the Doc G Show. How was that? I just completely made up that song. Nope. That's an original song. Nope. Oh, I thought you were actually singing a real song. No, well, if it sounds similar to the theme song for Cheers by Gary Portnoy, mm. that's completely your imagination. Yeah, you know, Girl, come on. I don't really know that song either, so. You watch Cheers. Don't lie. Oh, I've been there. I've been to the Cheers bar. Woo! Boston. Yeah. Anyways, I got sidetracked. We're here. Yes! It is the Doc G Show. I am your host with me, the most interesting man in the world, Dave Burley Man. Berlin. Yes, sir. You saw that. (laughs) I did. I saw your Halloween costume, my friend. You were the most interesting man in the world. Dos Akis. Thank you. Two X's. I was indeed. My goodness. That is a fantastic outfit. I like when you you gray up the beard, man. It makes you look good. Oh, my girlfriend loved it. Mm. She was like, you're a silver fox. I was like, so distinguished, man. (laughs) So distinguished. (laughs) Oh, man, Dave, I've been off Word. this week, actually. Like, off a little bit on my, my sleep schedule and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah, why? <sighs> well, you, you, Tommy, uh, Tom Brady pajamas not working? Well, they can't fight the battle against fire alarm batteries, man. Huh? That's right. That's right, fire alarm batteries. Low batteries. But have, they- you, have you ever rode that crazy train, listeners? I haven't. I feel like this. you've done this battle before. I've done it a lot of times. Yep. So I got home from work, and I got my headphones on. I'm listening to tunes, and over my tunes, I hear a familiar and dreaded beep from my smoke alarm. Now, listeners, for your background, I've only lived in this place for like a year and a half, and I've already changed two of the smoke alarms the batteries in those smoke alarms like four times. No joke. Just two of them. Girl, come on! Not only that, I only have six rooms in this place. And there's like the same number of smoke alarms in the place. They're just trying to keep you safe, man. Makes no sense. But anyways, so I heard the smoke alarm going off. And I knew, I knew it was one of those two smoke alarms. And I was like, are, are you serious? Of course. Of course it was one of those. Right, so there's one in the hallway and there's one in the back room. Mm-hmm. So it sounded like it was the one in the back room. So I was like, all right, all right I'm going to do whatever. This crazy possessed smoke alarm, I'm going to change it again. Jeez. So I go back there, get my stepladder, get up there, change it. Right as I'm changing it, I hear the smoke alarm in the hallway, and I'm like, "Are you serious? Are you? Se- was it both of them? What is this, right?" So I go, I've, "I've changed this one already." Yeah. So I go back to the hallway to change that one. And as I'm changing it, 
I just finished again. I'm getting ready to step down from the ladder. And as I'm stepping down from the ladder, I hear the one in the back go off again. And I was like, wait, that's what? That's the one I just changed. Are you serious? What is happening here? So, so like I go back and I, I'm looking at the smoke alarm like how, what, how is this going off again? What is this? And when I'm looking at it, thinking of this craziness, the one in the hallway goes off again. After you just fixed them. After I just fixed them. And I'm like, what, what, you gotta be con kidding me. They're like connected or something. Girl, come on. And so like I go back and I look at that one. And then after a little bit, after some thinking of what to do, I, I was like, wait, wait a second. They're never beeping when I'm in front of them. It's always when I'm away from them. Hmm. And then I got like really paranoid and really freaked out. I was like, somehow these smoke alarms know when I'm in the room. Yes. And so like I ran back to the other room and like looked at it until it beeped again. And it was the other one. And I was like, okay, it's not that one. And then I ran back to the hallway one and I looked at it until the one in the in the back room beeped again. I'm like, every time I come into the room, they stop beeping. What kind of weird surveillance is the FBI running on me right now? It's the man. It is. It was the man. Yes! And after an embarrassingly long amount of time, and I mean an embarrassingly long amount of time, it dawned on me. Hmm. There's a room in between these two smoke alarms with another smoke alarm. And that smoke alarm was going off. Wow. And because it was in between both of the other smoke alarms, I thought it was those each time. Doc G, you're too smart for that. Nope. It was like three hours. No joke. <laughs> oh. hours ago. I was just running back of insanity. I had like already lined all rooms with tinfoil to break out all other signals. What? And then all of a sudden, oh, wait. Like I had, I had written this whole text, this like 17 long page text to my landlord being like, listen. Hmm. Somehow I'm being surveillanced by my smoke alarms. I don't know what's going on here. And then I realized, up, uh, up. Uh, no, you're just dumb. You're, you're, you're just way dumb. better man than me. Within an within probably 30 minutes, I would have been at the at the front desk of the condos, like talking to the maintenance guy. You're, you're way better man than me. No, well, see, luckily, in the back of my mind. I knew there had to be something stupid that I was doing that was causing this. So I was like, don't involve anyone else yet. Nope. Don't let them know. Don't do it yet. Dave, I'm ready, though, to set off smoke alarms Ooh, here like in the that. studio. I like that transition. That's right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's heat, let's heat it up. Let's, let's heat it up a bit. Let's fire it up. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Uh, Dave, I'm really excited. By the way, we've got a fantastic show. Yes, um, always. Thank we've you. got on the show with us Claude Lathan. That's right, our man Claude Lathan. He's gonna bring the heat, the NBA heat, 
Hmm. To our studios. He's going to tell us all about the six games that have gone down so far in the NBA and what we can expect in the next 74. I like that. 76. 76. 76. Games. Good math. Yes. Also, very big deal, we have none other than the High Divers straight from Charleston, South Carolina. Great band. They're going to be in talking about their show tomorrow. Okay. In downtown Jackson. Ooh, right down the road. Right here in Duval. Duval. Yes, sir. 1904 Music Hall. They will be bringing their talents. Nice. That's exciting. They're very exciting, man. Yes. All right, Dave, are you ready for the birthday suit of the day? I am. Happy birthday, Mr. President. What do you think? What are my shots on this one? This one? Hmm. Oh, come on. 7525. Okay. Okay. Dave, our birthday suit wearer was born November 1st, 1962 in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. 62 Grand Rapids. 55. He moved to Hollywood in 1974 to live with his dad. He met a kid his age at school named Michael Balzeri, and they became great friends. They later joined a band together with their mutual friend, Hillel Slovaks. Our birthday suit wearer was the singer of said band. They called their band Tony Flow and the Miraculously Majestic Masters of Mayhem. Wait, what? Man, I feel like I should know that one. Nope. They then <laughs> later changed their name to the Red Hot Chili Peppers oh, crap. in 1983. Oh. Their songs include Under the Bridge, Give It Away, Scar Tissue, Californication, Snow, Dane in California, and many others. Yes. He came out with an autobiography chron- chronicling his life called Scar Tissue. I know from your face. You don't know this, this singer. I'm guessing his first name is Tony or... Hmm. Yeah. But I... I'll give you his initials that he goes by. It's AK. So Anthony. I'm going to sound the buzzer. Buzzer Anthony Kiedis. Anthony Kiedis, lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers band. It's all right. Not a hot start for me. Well, you know, I know your forte at sports. This was not sports. But, I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, great band. Yeah. I just, I'm not a big... Yeah, you know, individual so, musician. So now you're gonna have to go back and watch a documentary on them, like you did on Warren Buffett. I will indeed. There you go. I will indeed. Good. I'm spreading the news. We have got, of course, none other than Claude. Fly till I die. Lathan on the show. Claude, how's it going, man? Say what? It's going pretty well, man. The weather's cooling down uh, here in the great state of South Carolina. Uh, maybe some others might not call it great, but I, I like it, okay? You like to breathe but in that cool down. air? Basketball oh, yeah, basketball season's back. Uh, yes. And we're getting into the heart of football, so everybody's got to love that. Yes, man. So I hear the famed Lee Ellis of NBA TV's The Starters wants you to, quote, show him your work. Wait, What? That's true. I uh, so a few years ago, I was sitting up in my uh, my mom's upstairs, yeah, uh, trying to figure out where I wanted to go with my life, and uh, 
Mm-hmm. I was exploring a couple different options. Not that I have any idea where I'm going at this point either. You don't need to, have... Claude. That's no, overrated. No. Yeah. Okay. Right. Don't, don't listen right. to them. And so I'm sitting there thinking, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet at this guy and I'm gonna tell him that uh, I I could his job better than him. What? Nice. And and he decided to tweet back at me and he said, "Show me your work." And this was a few years ago, and I I was like, I don't have any work. I yeah. don't know what I could show him. You yeah. Know, all that stuff. So. A few years go by, and sure enough, I'm lucky enough and uh, very thankful to be a part of this show. And uh, I decided the other day to tweet back at him, and I said, "Remember a few years ago when you said to show you uh, your work and uh, or my work?" And I said, "Yeah." And I thought to myself, "You know what? I'm, I'm gonna get it back on there and um, and see what he thinks of it." So I he said, "Show me your work." He tweeted back, and I sent him a link to the podcast. And uh, I don't know if he listened or not. I never heard anything back, but I'm thinking that he loved. It. So well, you know, if if he didn't listen to it, first of all, shame on him for not being one of our three faithful listeners. Okay. Second of all, a man that has a pair of deli shoes, which he does have a pair of deli shoes. I saw it on his Instagram. Should not question a man who had the first Starburys and wore them proudly. Am I right, Claude? Man, I rock those shoes every day. After I sprained my ankle, I, I, I said I'm not gonna use them anymore for basketball, but I like them so much, I'm gonna wear them around as my regular. They were like my Jordans. People wear Jordans around all the time. I, they were like my own Jordan. Did you know that? Did you know that company still exists? Wait, what? No yeah, yeah, I did. What? Yeah, they still bring, got bring seven seven models of shoes. Are they still listeners. fifteen bucks? Mm, yeah, wow. uh, all under fifty dollars. All under there's, fifty. There's one pair that lights up. <laughs> Work. That's right. You got to pay extra for that. Light up pair. Yeah. That's right. Are we ready to talk about the that. NBA? Are we ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. We're going to go back and forth. Back and forth. And okay. Dave, I obviously save the toughest questions yeah, for you. Yeah, I get the hard ones. You, yeah. You give, uh, Claude I give the, the softballs. Better get ready, Dave. Yeah, yep. the toss-ups. All right. Claude, hmm. you go first. Is the Greek right. freak the front runner for the MVP right now? It's a, uh, a very short season, and at the beginning of an NBA season, so many things can happen. I think last year, Anthony Davis had like 50 points in the first five games. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I remember and, that. And everybody was you know, thinking he was going to have a great year, some injuries set, and he still had a great year and all that. But this year, the Greek freak, he's, he's putting up 35 points, about 11 uh, rebounds and around six assists. And last season, he led his team... Um, I think he's the first player to do this since Scottie Pippen when MJ retired the first time in 94-95. He's mm-hmm. the first player to lead his team in all major statistical categories as far as uh, points, rebounds, assists, uh, blocks, steals, those those uh, stats go. And, say what? Um, um, I, this year, I'm going to say, yeah, he's the, he's the front runner. I, I would love to see him sustain it. I think his numbers will drop off a little bit. But to be honest, I don't think he'll drop off too much. I'd say he finishes, you know, with about... Um, 28, uh, maybe 8 and 6, probably. Nice. Dave, Mm -hmm. on the TNT crew, Shaq, Charles Barkley, Ernie, and Kenny, they're all bald. What? Yeah. Are they prejudiced against hair? Mm. Yes or no? Oh, they're definitely prejudiced (laughs) against hair. You know, it's kind of like their revolt back, uh, everything that's going on, and they're like, we'll just be bald. Mm, That's their silent protest, you're saying. Exactly. My God. That's scary (laughs) to think about. Good. They're in 3,017 right now. Good input, Dave. I like it. Claude, Russell Westbrook. Hmm. 
back having more triple-doubles. He just had a triple-double over Chicago, making him the only player to ever have a triple-double against every team in the league. How good are the Thunder going to be this year? The Thunder are, are an incredible group of talent. And the thing is, is in today's NBA, you have to have, and I said this in one of the last shows I was on, uh, the Warriors have set the precedent to have four All-Stars. Everyone's looking for the big three. They call the Oklahoma City Thunder now the OK3 with Paul George, Mello, and Russ. And, uh, Russ. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I said Adams... Steven Adams was going to be that fourth man for them, and I've been extremely impressed with him. He scored in double figures in uh, five of the first six games mm-hmm. for the Thunder. I think he's averaging about uh, 14 points per game, actually, which is a career high. Really? And he's going to, you know, scoring, Draymond has shown that scoring isn't going to be the most important thing when you have world-class uh, scorers on your team. But I, I really, I think that with those four, if they can develop the bench, the issue for Oklahoma City is the bench. They can develop that, then they're going to be fine. I, you know, man, I, I think that the Thunder are for real, and it's going to take an injury or two from somebody else for them to be able to fully. I mean, if they get to the championship, it's going to take an injury or two. But I yes. think they're for real. I like them a lot, and I, I think that they're kind of modeling their game right now after what the Warriors are trying to do. Check. Dave, they're selling one ounce bags of sweet and spicy Cajun crickets at Hawks games this year. Are you buying some? Um, yeah, why not? I'll try everything once. Look at that. Dave's going out there on a limb, <laughs> eating oh, crickets. Yeah. I like it. Claude, rookie of the year pick right now. Who do you have? Hmm. All right, so I'm sticking by it because I'm not one to go against my predictions. I said Dennis Smith Jr. would be the rookie of the year, and the reason why was because I was looking at um, – you know, the Thunder from last year and Russell Westbrook. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was asked on the show, did I think he would be able to average the triple-double? And I said yes. Wow. Because of the cast that he has around him or had around him. And sure enough, he's doing it again this year. That's a different story. But uh, the the cast that Dennis Smith Jr. has around him is, is enough for him to propel in each statistical category. And when it comes to Rookie of the Year, that's what the voters are looking at is mm-hmm. statistics. They don't care so much about the winning. So I'm gonna stick with my pick, Dennis uh, Smith Jr. But I, you know, nice. Jason Tatum very well could have been the best pick in that draft, which is why I think Boston was okay trading that number one pick and slotting down to number three to pick him up because you see what's going on with Fultz and Philadelphia right now. Got it, Dave. Pop quiz: How many games did the Brooklyn Nets win last year? Hmm. Ooh, uh, eighteen. Wait, what? <laughs> very close. Twenty. Oh wow. They almost <laughs> lost 80% of their games. Really bad. Oh, they won. They beat, uh, was it the Cavs? Or they beat someone pretty big, Warriors? Hmm. I don't know. Nope. Nobody watches Brooklyn. Yeah, games, I, I let's mean. be honest. Yes! <laughs> Claude, which team looks the best right now the way they're playing in the first six games? Hmm. All right, let me shock you a little bit. The Memphis Grizzlies. What? And nobody thought about Memphis. No one was. I mean, they were off the radar, and I, I, I had them out. I, I didn't think that they would be a playoff team. I'm still not sold on them yet. But to nope. start the season off the way they have, I, you know, they started off. Um, they were one of the last undefeated teams. I think that by the end of the week, they were about four and two um, on their record, or you know, but. Mark Gasol is a true superstar center in an ever-changing league of 
shooting big men. He can guard uh, the shooters on the outside as well as go on the inside and still muscle down. Um, and you know what you're going to get out of him. Mike Conley is the best all-star to never make an all-star team. And that's not his fault, maybe it's because of the era he's playing in. I, but he, if you were going to have a point guard on a championship caliber team, he's definitely able to be that point guard. Um, and I like what they've done. They're still Grind City. I don't um, I don't know if, how much of Grind City will be left after the season when they start to kind of um, transition into this new phase without Tony Allen and Zach Randolph. Uh, but I, I really like how Memphis has played, and they seem to go out there and compete, and they're having a good time, and they've got a, a youth movement coming in, which is great. Um, but Memphis, man, I'm on the Memphis Grizzlies bandwagon to start the season. Nice. I didn't know Conley wasn't an all-star yet. That's a, hmm, that's a good point. That's good. <laughs> yes. Wait, he knows what? his stuff. Claude's that's why full he's the of best. Good points. Yes. He's, he's got <laughs> points out the wazoo. Dave, <laughs> hey, pop quiz number know. two. Ooh, okay. Are you ready? Name three New York Knicks players besides Porzingis. Hmm. Ooh, three New York Knicks. Um, why that's you right. The New York teams. Um, Porzingis. Man, are they unmemorable, they, huh? They're bad. Gosh. Hmm. Um. Do they have uh, Fields? Is he on there? Call the buzzer. And Ron Baker, Michael Beasley, Tim Hardaway Jr., Isaiah Hicks, Jarrett Jack, Enos Kenner, Luke Cornett, Courtney Lee, Doug McDermott, Joe Kim Noah, Kyle O'Quinn, Raymond Sessions, Lance Thomas. Dang, I, that was bad. I should have named some of them. It's all right. They're paying Tim Hardaway Jr., Enos Canner, and Joe Kim Noah a combined $55 million this year. Say what? Those three <laughs> players. Yeah. Think about it. Oh, Claude man. is our buddy Mike Charette Nostradamus for thinking that the Magic are going to make it to the playoffs since they started 4-1 and one and completely housed San Antonio. <laughs> Do you yeah. actually think they have a, a chance this 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 season? I don't. Mm. Dude, that's that's such a great that's a great question, Ben, and I'm so happy you asked. Uh, <laughs> yes, they do. 100% going to the finals. Wow! <laughs> bold prediction by Mike Charette. That is, ooh, bold words, man. I have to get one of our any NBA analysts in here to to evaluate that one. That's. <laughs> Look, the, the guy's on to something. I got to give him credit. And I actually, one of my really good friends uh, growing up, she um, she's now a dancer for the Orlando Magic Dance. Yes! So I've mm -hmm. actually talked a little bit more about the Magic this year than I thought that I would have with multiple people. Look, they're, they're, uh, they're starting off 4-1 and one at, at the end of last week. Um, their wins came against Brooklyn, Miami, Cleveland, and San Antonio, and their one loss was uh, against Brooklyn. So they beat Brooklyn once and lost against them. And Cleveland also lost against Brooklyn last week. So, you, you know, maybe they're just – it's the beginning of the year. you got to feel it out and all that. But what I like about the Magic – is they're filled with a bunch of teams or a bunch of players on that team that are, are trying to prove themselves and and they've got Jonathan Simmons coming over from the Spurs who I he's not getting you know 30 minutes per game but he brings a swag over to the team that I don't know if they had before but the difference maker for the Magic this year has been Nikola Vucevic averaging 22 points nine rebounds a game uh, and the Magic have scored 110 points per game 
in their first five games of the year, which is the first time that's been done in, in, in forever. I mean, almost 30 years, I believe. So, it's, you know, to see the Magic and what they're doing right now, it's real early. The East is weak. You don't know what can happen. Do I think that they'll sustain it? I've got to be honest. I'm going to say no. But I'm, I'm, I am proud of a man to see what they're doing. If, if they can figure out a way to... Because all these other teams, they're going to get, they're going to figure out what identity they have, and yeah. the Magic—that's what it's going to come down to—is they're picking right now off of the weaknesses of the teams who don't have their identities. If, if uh, the Magic can figure out who they really are, if they're going to keep feeding Vucevic in the post, if, if you know whatever it may be, they've got to figure that out. So what, if they can get that down, maybe we can see them slip into the tail end of the playoffs. But four and one's—it's uh, a pretty damn good start. Yeah, yeah, Dave. Let me ask you a question. Hmm. Yeah. Does Kelly Oubre have a striking resemblance to Dave Chappelle playing Prince on the Chappelle Show? Oh yeah, that's that's a good one. You, you did some research for that one. <laughs> that is spot on. Am that's I right? Okay. Legendary skit. Just wanted to make sure, Claude. Since the NBA has already been through six games, and there are only 76 left, huh? have you changed your opinion on who's going to be meeting in the NBA Finals? I have not. Uh, you know, I, I had um, I have Cleveland and, and the Warriors getting back there again. I think that's what most people have done. Um, but barring injury, uh, I, I just don't see it changing. But, I, you know, just to make this a little bit fun, I'm, I'm going to give you a different scenario. So okay. let's say injuries take place. You know, Cleveland might, you know, say LeBron gets hurt. They got a lot of old people. Hurt. Yeah. yeah, you know, maybe they just don't make it out the playoffs for whatever reason. They're out of the out of their conference uh, championship mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I'm going to say the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. and the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, and wow. I'm not just riding. I'm not just riding the Giannis uh, train. Nope. When you look at this Milwaukee Bucks team. What do you see in, in Giannis in the first five games of the season? You see him averaging 35 points per game, leading his team in all these categories. And in the playoffs, you have to have a player that dominates in order to be able to succeed. So I, I think Milwaukee has a, a terrific chance um, if, if some injuries take place to be able to slip in there just based off of seeing how some of these other teams haven't been able to get it done. But I do like Oklahoma City out the West, too. I like it. You heard it from Claude, man. Okay. And Milwaukee can sneak in there with some injuries. Nice. If not, we'll see the four peak. It'll happen again. <laughs> Claude, man, want to thank you for being on the show. Yes. Always appreciated, my man. Dave, you yes. take it easy. And uh, Doc, I, I hope you know we'll be uh, talking soon. Of Thanks, course man. we will be. Lee, I hope you got that. I hope you were taking notes. That's the way it's done right there. Say what? Uh, Guys, we're going to take a musical break. We're going to hear signs off of our special guest, the High Divers. Keep it locked on the Doc G Show.
All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Our guest today coming out of Charleston, South Carolina, none other than Luke Mitchell from the High Divers. Luke, how you doing, man? Oh, yeah. Looking great. Hanging out. Nice, man. So let's start with the here and now. You guys have a concert right here in Jacksonville on Thursday at 1904 Music Hall, downtown. Say what? Now, I know you guys have played Surfer, the Surfer Bar, before. Have you guys ever played at 1904? No, we've never played at 1904. We've played Jacksonville a few times, but never there, man. We're excited about it. Always a good crowd in Jacksonville? Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun in Jacksonville. You hear that, listeners? You're a good crowd. That's good, man. You get a little different feel downtown than you do at the beach. So this will be a this will be a good change pace. You get to see a different face of Jacksonville, man. Be good. Yeah. Now I said you guys uh, in November have twelve shows, seven states. You guys are touring all the time. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. We, we keep it busy, man. That's the only way we can survive these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys had a, a, a scary moment uh, back in your touring on June 13th. You guys were in a in a really bad car accident uh, in a yeah. touring van out in Arizona. That's um, right. Besides the obvious uh, physical effects and having to res- reschedule the tour dates and whatnot. Do you do you think it uh, affected your band maybe maybe in a positive way in any way? Hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, it it just kind of made us, you know, more dedicated to doing this thing. Um. You know, after the wreck, the basically immediately after the wreck, we just wanted to get back out on the road. That was um. Um. We had to have some people talk some sense into us, actually, because we were all hopped up on pain meds. Um, <laughs> but we were actually going to try to continue to go to L.A. just to get there. Yeah. Because I think, I think it was, uh, I can't remember how long the drive was, like a seven-hour drive. We were going to try to rent a van and a trailer, um, but we ended up not being able to do that. And my wife's hip was fractured and Oof. all this awful stuff. So we... Uh, Flew everybody back home, and myself and our tour manager drove a big box truck all the way back. I think it was like 29 hours or something. Wow. So not what you want to do right after getting in a car wreck, but um, Definitely we did not. it. But yeah, I think it's it's just kind of instilled in us, you know, a lot more dedication to doing this because you know we we got right back on the road a month after the wreck. So yeah, yeah, it was good to see anybody... you guys getting back so soon after it. Yeah, it's good to be back, man. We were we we're miserable sitting here at home. <laughs> you know, the crazy part is, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Travers Brothership. The uh, yeah, yeah, we have. They got in a bad van wreck as well. Uh, oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, just just a couple, like literally a month after you guys did in July, it was yeah, you man. know same sort. Of, yeah, same sort of bad bad deal. And I was like, man, what kind of bad mojo is going through the Carolina bands? What's going on here? Well, um, it's just everybody texting while they're driving. They yeah. got to cut that out. That's true. That's true. Uh, so you guys got a new van though. Donna Van Diesel, man, how's she doing? Yeah. <laughs> how's the, how's how's the new van? Oh, uh, she's she's beautiful, man. She's, nice. 
She's a diesel van. She's got all the safety features, which is what we were really interested <laughs> in. Um, yeah, it's been great. We don't have to pull a trailer anymore. So. Very nice, man. Now, speaking of other significant moments in the band history, hopefully much less traumatic. Thank you. Uh, back in April, you and Mary Alice got married. Yes, we did. Congratulations, man. Thank you so much. It was, now, it was a beautiful wedding. Do you think Do you think that had a influence on how the band works, or is it just the same as usual? You guys got married, and it was like, all right, let's right back to what we do. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we got married, we went on our honeymoon, and flew back from Europe and had a gig the next day. So <laughs> um, I think it was kind of in the back of our minds that, you know, people people were going to think that we were going to get soft what? after we got married, but we were like, no, let's go on out on a, like a month and a half tour right after our honeymoon and just show people, you know, it doesn't change anything. It's the exact same. I like exactly. it. Exactly. I like it, man. Now, I don't, I don't want to be cliche because I feel like every band gets this in an interview, but I got to ask about the name real quick, the High Divers, because hmm. as, as a... As a kid, I was a low diver. Yes! High diver yeah. was pretty pretty intense, and I, I was wondering if that was the mindset of of high diver, like taking risk, or if it was something I'm completely off. If it was something else. Um. Well, the kind of the anecdote for that was I was in Michigan for like a family reunion, mm-hmm. and they had a low dive and a high dive. Mm-hmm. And my older sister did the high dive, so I was like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And I got up there, and I got to the edge, and then I just could not do it. And there's a line of kids all the way up the ladder. So all of the kids had to back down the ladder and had to let me come back down. Oh, man. So, um, and also, it's from a Rolling Stone song. Um, I can never remember the name of it. Uh, It's off of Exile on Main Street, and I misheard the lyric, actually. It's not even, but it's... uh, (laughs) High, high flyer insider. It's that like William S. Burroughs song where they like cut and splice the lyrics together. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually I had the I had the same thing as far as the uh, the experience on the high dive. So I I can sympathize, man. I get it. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> I get it, man. Now you yeah. guys, to to some degree, you've developed a little bit of a title as as a southern rock band, which you guys have moved a, a, away from a little bit. Um, sure. With your with your newer music, um, but you know, coming with rock music out of Charleston, you're, you're gonna get a bit of that in any band. I feel like. Uh, would you guys say you're you're heavily influenced by like? The Southern Rock Vanguard, the Almond Brothers, Skinner, Outlaws, Marshall Tucker Band, those type of groups? Hmm. Um, I mean, I think in a way you can't help but being influenced by them being where we're from. But um, no, I wouldn't say those are big, huge influence. I mean, I'm more of like a Tom Petty guy, which he started out as kind of the Southern Rock well, thing. That- but that, moved on. That's know? where I was going to uh, move to next, actually, because I saw you had a long post dedicated to uh, when Tom Petty passed away back on uh, on the second. Uh, oh, yeah. Would you say he's your your biggest influence as far as uh, musically? 
Yeah, and I, you know, I'd go a step further and just say he's our, he's my biggest influence just kind of as a person and somebody trying to navigate the music business because, you know, he gave, he gave quite a few middle fingers to people that, that needed it. And, you know, he, uh, he kind of struck his own path with the, his career and somehow navigated it in a way that he always stayed true to the art form of writing songs and, that's that's a huge personal influence for me. Nice man. Now, now uh, do you uh, do you do any Tom Petty covers? Oh, uh, uh, we shows? have. Yeah, we have. Uh, at, at some points, we don't really pull many covers anymore, just because we usually have a pretty limited time to play. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we we played uh, "You Wreck Me." We we love that song. Nice. Um, we played we played like a little shindig the other night and we played learning to fly nice um, but i mean you know i think i know almost every tom petty song so you Ooh. know we could pick or choose i know i know it's like choosing favorite children when you're talking about uh, a favorite artist exactly. like tom petty but what would you say is is your favorite if it's a go-to that you want to hear a tom petty song hmm oh yeah, that, I mean that's that's really hard. I th- I think one that that I've really enjoyed over the years, just pretty consistently, is um, "Crawling Back to You" yeah. off of Wildflowers. I think that's a beautiful song. I think the whole and, the whole album Wildflowers is so amazing because you know people just didn't think or he didn't think that he could come back and do it again, you know. And then he got with Rick Rubin, and I mean, yeah. that, that whole album is just. Blows you yeah, away. and I've actually gotten to work. We've gotten to work with some people that worked on that album, and it's just been a really cool experience to hear the stories. Wow! And and yeah, I listen to that album every day for almost three years. So <laughs> <laughs> I know I know that one inside and out. It's it's part of the da- a daily spiritual. Yeah, man, that that album just floored me when I when I heard it. It was devastating. I don't know. I just I couldn't move on from it, and I still, you know, I. When we're on long drives, when we got to drive for like 10 hours straight, I can listen to Tom Petty and it'll get me through the night, you know. Now, do you still dig his, uh, the Traveling Wilbury stuff as well? Do you get... Uh, oh, yeah. No, very nice. Yeah, very nice. Uh, so, you've also got a band member uh, we haven't talked about yet, uh, usually escorted on a leash. Pretty hairy. Oh, yeah, Julius. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Wait, yeah, what? You got, a, you got a dog that makes the trip with you everywhere, man, it seems like. Uh, That's right, Nora. She's our tour pup. Yeah. Uh, how, how'd, how'd the tour pup come along? Hmm. Well, we got the dog. Um, we we were actually playing a record store day a, yeah. few, a couple years back at, here in Charleston, and they, you know, geniusly had the dogs out in front for all the record store people to look at as they're going <laughs> in. And so she, we adopted her. Nice. And um, you know, she's really, she's really, really good in the van. And you know, sometimes people get bent out of shape, and they're like, "Well, I can't believe you keep her in there." But it's like, Girl, come on. man, she's in the van for like an hour of the day while we're playing, and then the rest of the time she just gets to hang out with all the people she loves right. all day. You know, so um, we, we, you know, since we got the diesel van, we just leave it in there running while while she's in there, and um, yeah, she she keeps the morale up, man. She's, <laughs> 
she's a definite you know therapy dog for all of us especially since she was in the wreck with us now too oh wow did she did she come out with any injuries no it's actually it's actually a funny story um i took i took nora to the vet immediately after i after we got everybody to the hospital i i still had blood all over my face and i had to get stitches and everything but i took her to the vet first that's dedication right there that's right i i got her to the vet and there they looked at me like i was an insane person i was just like just check her out please and And after you're finished maybe check me out if you could yeah yeah exactly (laughs) got some doggy downers back there Uh, well, uh, cruising on Instagram after I noticed Norris, I also, uh, Nora, I also gotta ask, is your actual favorite cold beverage Zima? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, refreshing and nostalgic. There you go. No, so uh, you're in the Crystal Pepsi game too, huh? You yeah, like all the, all the clear drinks of the early 90s. Yeah, man. I don't mess around. <laughs> um, no, we, yeah, we bought a pack of Zima and kept it at my sister's house, and I still think it's in the freezer, and somehow yes. they haven't exploded. <laughs> there we go. That is it. I saw that and said, wow, Zima. And then I was like, where did they find that? Because that doesn't exist anymore. And then I went online. I was like, oh, it actually yeah, does exist back, now. Man. Oh, it's okay. Back. Every, everybody's back to normal, enjoying their lives again. Thank God. So, uh,. <laughs> We uh, so back in May, you guys recorded a couple of songs for uh, Converse Rubber Tracks, right? Yeah, man, they had this. Uh, they have a really cool program, or they used to. I think it's done now. I think oh, we were no. one of the last bands to do it because Nike bought Converse. Right, right. Um, and but they, yeah, they, Nike they killed just... the progress, uh, the process there. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I guess they're just like a corporation giving things to musicians for free. It's just an awful idea. Oh, so come on. They did away with it. I know. You know, just don't do it. Yeah, I think that's jeez. But anyways, yeah, we went there and recorded. Um, uh, they have a lot of people from Berkeley College of Music working there, which is actually where I went to school for a little bit. Very nice. So, yeah, it was cool. Um you know, getting a record for free. We just went over there and did a few uh, tracks for like a little EP. And um, yeah, we we heard a song off of it earlier in the show, uh, and it, it, it was a jam, man. Signs. Oh, sign. Yeah. yeah, man. That's a yeah. That's a that's a rocker. That's a long one too. I was about to say, you guys really, you know, you you had a free flow on that one. You really, you know, explored on that song sort of a jam song and i really uh we really dug it oh man thank you uh now speaking of other songs you guys uh released uh the the first album river lust back in uh 2015 uh yeah but you guys you guys are working on a new album coming out soon right Hmm. yeah we've actually we've had our record done for a long time um we recorded it last summer and kind of finished everything up right before Mary Alice and I got married. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because of the wreck and everything, we've had to push everything back. So hopefully, we're, we're crossing our fingers it'll be out by mid to late February. Awesome, man. Can't wait. We're definitely going to have to play some new songs off of that. Yeah, man. Um, speaking of that, the, the new album, how would you say that's uh, different from River Lust? How, how did you sort of uh, change sounds, or if you did? Um, well, Kevin and I grew up playing in bands uh, 
when we were really young and we always really enjoyed like the the Motown stuff and all that James Jamerson bass stuff so I think it's a little more Motown influenced and uh less like old outlaw country influenced because nice. yeah I um and you know like we, we've kind of started to uh, navigate a little bit away from like the southern rock moniker just because i don't i don't feel like that really fits our band all the time yeah. i think definitely we we have some moments where it's there and i love that stuff don't get me wrong but um yeah i, I just feel like it's it's definitely different and you know hopefully a little more mature and you know we've been playing for a long time well not a long time but uh, you know for us long we've enough been playing yeah, we've been playing for, with each other for a while now, so we're it's much more of a band record. You know, River Lust, we had just started playing together when we made that, so I think we're a lot more comfortable on this next record. Very nice. Now, uh, in 2018, you guys are going again on the road, but this time you're going with the sisters' band there with uh, Stepping Stones, right? Uh, yeah, that's Anna right. Anna and, and the Stepping Stones on the sibling rivalry tour that's right we're going everywhere man we're doing the entire country it'll be three and a half months i think we're going to be home for two days <laughs> that's that's some serious touring right there yeah man it's gonna be a blast now how how i gotta ask how how volatile is the is the sibling relationship is this like oasis liam gallagher noel gallagher uh, uh <laughs> I, volatile I yeah, I hope we never get it. That point. <laughs> no, I, I think you know it was always just um, Hannah is seven years younger than me, so it's always just been like a she's got to prove herself to everybody and and try to show me up, which <laughs> you know in a lot of ways she already does. So um, yeah, it's not it's not a bad relationship. We've we've had a really good relationship as we've got gotten older. Um, I still think that she. Uh, you know, she kind of views me as an equal, even though I'm like seven years older than her. So that's kind of frustrating sometimes. But she's she's awesome. She's over in Europe right now, just totally doing the thing. You know, chasing the, her dreams. So I'm yeah, I'm, I'm always really proud of her. Well, it's know? gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a killer show with both of your bands. I mean, yeah, it really will be. And I think I don't know. I think we just kind of make each other step up and try to be, you know the best musician we can when we're around each other and i think i think that's a healthy competitive thing to be a part of you know it's always great to play with people that make you want to step your game up definitely man definitely you got you got shows on that tour coming through south carolina through florida georgia all around our area here in jacksonville so uh yeah so that'll be great for all the listeners and if you want more info they can check you out on the website www.thehighdivers.com where else can they check you out besides the website if they if they need to um well we've got a youtube channel we're on spotify mm -hmm. uh you can follow us on instagram we 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 keep up with our instagram pretty heavily because we we really enjoy that definitely um, yes! facebook all that good stuff yeah man and apple music i've got you on on you know I've already signed up. I get all the all the new stuff on Apple Music, so Oh, cool. I'm I'm locked in with the high divers, man. Uh yeah. Luke, uh we're against a break right now, but I wanna I wanna thank uh thank you for being on the show, man. 
Yeah, well, thank you, Ben. I really appreciate you having us. Man. Yeah, next time, next time you're coming through Jacksonville again, we're gonna have to schedule you to come through the actual studio, man. Oh, we'd love that, man. That'd be a lot of fun getting Nora in there. Yeah, man. We'll have we'll, <laughs> we'll have Doggy Day in the studio, man. Yes. Uh, all right, we are going to hear "Wild with You" off of Riverlust by the High Divers here on the Doc G Show. Keep it locked.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. The High Divers, man. Good jams, man. Good jams. Coming to Jacksonville tomorrow. Going to be a good show. If you want to see some good live music, you better work your way down to 1904 Music Hall tomorrow night. They're going to rock out. Yes! And, of course, Claude giving us the, the lowdown on the NBA. I mean, if if I hope Lee Ellis... Uh, can see the sheer brilliance of Claude now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just got too scared to reply. Like, he saw his work and he was like, crap. What? He was like, this I, guy yep. is beyond me. Yeah, he's uh, like, what, I hope my bosses don't see this. What, 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 what is this guy? He's like the he's like the Pablo Picasso of NBA analysis. That's exactly what it is. Uh, Dave, are you ready for the final birthday suit? Let's do it, man. All right, I man. Need, I need one here. Here we go. I don't know if you're going to get this one either. I mean, I'm sorry, but November 1st was pretty tough as far yeah. as birthday suit. I don't fam. know if I'll ever do the Doc G show on November no. 1st ever again. Well, yeah. Well, Wait, you know, what? when we start going back around again, I'm going to have to, like, do repeats, you know? Yeah. It's going to get tough. Anyways, uh, that's down the road. Uh, born November 1st, 1972 in Evergreen Park, Illinois. In 1993, our birthday suit wearer was offered $20,000 to pose for Playboy magazine. Mm-hmm. And no, I did not try to make a theme of adult magazines. I see, I see what you did there. I honestly didn't. I just realized that right now. Uh, later that year, she was made Playmate of the Year and paid $100,000 for her salary. She was then... Uh, she then hosted the MTV show Singled Out. She also starred in the movie Basketball uh, with the makers of South Park. Okay. And she's now married to Donnie Wahlberg. Nice! Who is the birthday suit wearer that we are talking about? Jenny. You got the first name. Jenny who? Jenny, um... Hmm. McCarthy? McCarthy? There it is. Yes, he saved the day. He got one, everybody. He nailed it. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Jenny McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Playmate of the year, now married to uh, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. Okay, because she's on Wahlburgers. Yeah. Yes. She's on it all the time, so. She is all the time. They don't talk about that. No. Don't really talk about her past. No. Talk about Donnie's past yeah, all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. Being being in the uh, new kids, kids on, on the, the block. block. Yep. But yeah, they don't really talk about her being in Playboy. And I used to watch Singled Out all the time on MTV, man. Yeah, that was a little bit before my MTV days. I yeah, think. Oh, well, a little bit since you weren't born. You know. <laughs> uh, well, I think I think it went off the air in like '99. Okay. So, so you were born in that year, but like I mean, the, but, the first few years. Yeah. You you weren't around for those. Uh, but yeah, man, Jenny McCarthy. Did you know? And uh, I'm guessing not. Her sister played professional basketball as well. Really? Yeah. Where, where did she play? Uh, she played in the ABL, not in the WNBA, because she played before the WNBA it was, was in existence. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. And then this is even crazier. Did you know that her cousin is Melissa McCarthy? What? Really? I had no idea. They look so similar. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Actually, a little bit in the face, really, if you do look at them. A little bit there. There's a little bit in the cheekbone structure. Okay, I'll I'll have to look after the show. Although, I I don't think, I'm pretty sure, I I mean, I'll have to check the stats. Pretty positive Melissa didn't pose in Playboy. Nope. 
Pretty sure. Maybe. Pretty sure. I'd rather didn't. hang out with Melissa more than. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Yes! Although, although I'm not saying anything bad about Jenny. She no. seems uh, she seems like a, a spark plug of a, of a personality. Nice enough. But let's be honest. Melissa just seems to be a joy. Yeah. I mean, come on. She's so cool. Come on. She's awesome. Plus, no one can play a better uh, Sean Spicer. Yes! Uh, <laughs> there's nobody better than her at that. That's right. Uh, guys. It's time to end the show. Dang, it's sad. It already happened. Oh! It went by so fast. It was a quick fire, you know. I mean, the high uh, controlled burn. Yeah. Uh, the the high divers, Claude Lathan. It all happened. Yes. And I was your host through all of that. Wasn't a good time. It was, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Well, until next week, guys. I've been your host. With me, this week, the most interesting man in the world. That's right. Pop Dave, Burley Man, Berlin. Thanks for having me, Doc G. Oh, no problem. Until next week, guys, zip it up and zip it out.